0: Hey, what's up you guys? Welcome back to Consuming Crime with Jen and Jules. It is Jules here today. I, it has been a while. Hello, how are you? How is everybody doing? How was everybody's holidays? I hope you guys are well and have been doing well. Uh, If you are on the Patreon subscription at the highest level, you can maybe see the background. There's baby stuff for those of you that can't see. Um, I am having a child in the next few weeks. I'm 37 weeks right now as I'm recording, so hopefully I can record and edit some episodes that can come out while I'm tired, so all I have to do is upload and then call it a day. So since we've started the podcast to now, both the podcast hosts got pregnant and became mothers, so yeah, to think the very first episode me and Jenny were like... little buzzed and that was one of the last times (laughs) so today guys we're gonna be talking about Casey Anthony I was actually gonna save this for a patreon exclusive episode but honestly it's been so long you guys deserve like a an interesting case that's gonna get me really riled up because I know it's a little more interesting because I do sometimes I am a little monotone hopefully this one I can stay calm i'm already my heart's already racing because i just watched the first episode and i'm like this bitch is something else if you have not yet heard of casey anthony oh you'll never forget the name after hearing today's episode today's case is i got it from investigate discovery network and it's on hulu so it originally aired on the id network and now it's available on hulu it's three episodes i'm covering the first episode today oh i forgot um before you start listening make sure to give us five stars wherever you're listening spotify apple podcasts um and then make sure you also check out the patreon the five dollar level you get a bonus episode or two bonus episodes every month the $7 you get that plus ad free episodes, and then the $12 level you get all that plus you get to not only listen to me tell the story, you get to watch me tell the story. so the episode starts off with a 911 call from Casey's mother, Cindy Anthony. she says she needs them to arrest her daughter for stealing their car. and she's a little bit frantic, she's like, get here now, my daughter, she stole an auto, she literally says auto, i don't know why she doesn't just say car, but whatever police get there and Cindy and Casey, Cindy and her daughter Casey are fighting. It's kind of hostile and then Cindy goes to the police and says, uh my granddaughter has been missing for 31 days and my daughter just told me like she finally admitted it. And this was on July 15th, 2008 at 8:44 p.m. in Orlando, Florida. By the way, Casey at the time is 22 years old, which is insane. Because I, when I first heard this case, I think I was like 11 or 12. Just so you guys know, this is the case that got me into true crime. John Allen is the name of the lead detective on this case. He met with George and Cindy, the parents, about the car. At the time of the 911 call, Cindy hadn't seen Casey in weeks, even though they're all living together. Apparently, Casey had been spending the past few weeks at her boyfriend, Tony's house. And again, it had been a month since the parents had seen their granddaughter. This is the part of the documentary where they start talking about how the Anthony family was so normal, they were the all-American family, which I think we're all tired of hearing that because we hear it for every true crime case. The family was normal, you would have never seen it coming, yeah, right. In this documentary, Cindy's being interviewed and George is being interviewed, the mother and the father of Casey, but they're being interviewed separately, which I notice, it's very interesting. I'm going to get into what I think happened later on. They start talking about when Casey got pregnant. Everything's like that there was no big deal. It was just, oh, I'm pregnant. Like, I'm sorry. My bad. Whatever. The baby's father was never mentioned. And it wasn't really made a big deal. At least not that they would admit. So when police were questioning Casey, she told the police that she dropped Kaylee off with the babysitter and about a month ago, And the babysitter did not want to return her daughter back to her and the reason she didn't call police is because she was afraid that the babysitter would harm her june 16th is the day that she's reporting kaylee went missing the official day she said she was an event planner at universal studios so on her way to work she took kaylee to the babysitter's house went to work and then when she went back to pick her up they were gone the nanny and kaylee so she tried calling her and the number was out of service So she waited outside of her apartment, nothing. And then she went to places she knew that the babysitter and Kaylee went, like the park and places like that. And she just waited there and they never showed up. She did not go to her parents, though. She did not once call her parents. She did not tell anybody. And her reasoning is because she was embarrassed. So due to her embarrassment, she went to stay with her boyfriend over the next few weeks. So you guys, this is probably like, my favorite part, just because it's the dumbest part of the, okay, one of the dumbest parts of the entire case, she tells police that the name of her nanny is Zanny. Zanny, (laughs) Zanny the nanny, like, how terrible of a liar can you be? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry for the people that have never heard of this case and I'm spoiling it, but like, are you kidding me? I don't know if she said Zanny first or if she said Zanaida Gonzalez first. Because I'm just imagining the cop and Casey, like, talking. And he's like, well, what's the babysitter's, like, what's the nanny's name? And she's like, oh, Zanny. Like, that's, like, the quickest thing she could think of. And then, like, recovers herself and says, oh, uh, Zanaida. Like, I don't know the sequence of events. It's just the idea of that conversation is... Ridiculous. So ridiculous, it makes me laugh. I know it's not funny, but like, really? So, according to her, Zenaida Gonzalez is half black, half Puerto Rican, and about 25 years old. And she had been watching her daughter at this point for a couple of years, which is like, if Kaylee is two years old, can't you just say she's been watching her her whole life? Because a couple is like two or more. I don't know. I'm just nitpicking. I can't stand her. I'm sorry. So, she took police to Zanny's apartment. She, I'm gonna say Zenaida because if I have to keep saying Zanny, I'm just gonna keep laughing. Zenaida, she took police to Zenaida's apartment. She points up at one of the units and is like, "There, that one. That's the one she lives in." So the cops walk up there. They knock. Nobody answers. They peek into like the window. There's no furniture. What the hell? So they go and they talk to the apartment manager. Nobody has lived in that unit for months and there has never been a record of a zenaida gonzalez ever living there so now they feel like they have nothing like not nothing but it's like the mother is not telling the truth it's clear at this point so they turn to the media and the media is going like oh there's this gorgeous young woman all-american family first of all she's not that pretty okay let's not even get on her looks all right casey had told police that Actually, she did tell people that her daughter was missing. Who did she tell? Two of her co-workers at Universal Studios. So she's like, she names the co-workers to the police. So the police go to Universal Studios and they ask about Casey. And they said, Casey has not worked here in months. No, I'm sorry. Years. Before Kaylee was born. Like, what the f- So then they ask about the co-workers that she named- those two co-workers have not worked there in a long time either so they decide let's pick her up and take her to work let's see how she acts so the guard looks at her and is like sorry we don't have an employee named casey anthony in our records she's like no 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 i work here call my supervisor here's his extension the guard is still adamant like no you like you don't work here like i haven't seen you whatever so then her supervisor physically comes up to them and is like oh no she's fine And lets her in. She starts waving at people, and according to detectives, those people looked at her kind of funny, like, um, either who are you, or we haven't seen you in a long time, why are you acting like that? Like, so they finally, they're just kind of like wandering, (laughs) like, again, so ridiculous, and then they reach a dead end, and she finally turns around, and she goes, okay, I don't really work here. (laughs) What? What? (sighs) You guys are gonna hear me laughing and I'm not making light of this case at all. This is horrendous, this is tragic, what happens to this little girl when we get there, but I'm telling you this is so- the things that happen in this case are so ridiculous. I cannot help. I cannot help it. It's more of an uncomfortable, how is this girl the way that she is, type of laugh. The detective is, like, over it. He's like, alright, screw this. He takes her into an interrogation room, and he's, like, kind of being, like, the bad cop. So there's two cops there, and he was like, tell us what happened to her. You're not helping us. You're, run- you're having us run around in circles when we could be looking for your daughter. Where is she at? Um, and she's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where she is. I told you guys everything I know. I left her with the nanny. I left her with the nanny. I don't know anything. Like kind of like little bit of an attitude. Definitely not acting like her daughter's been missing for over a month. So the cops try giving her the benefit of the doubt and they're like, "Listen, you know, we're hearing that you and your mom have kind of a rocky relationship. Could this be you're hiding Casey or Kaylee because you don't want her around your mom?" And she's like, "No, I don't know where she is. I left her with the nanny." Same story. And again, there's like no urgency, no concern. To this point, if she cried, the documentary hasn't mentioned it. I have yet to see this girl upset that her daughter's been missing for so long. So, right after this, they do arrest her for child neglect. And her first phone call is to her mom. And she's instantly pissed off and like, you know, when teenagers talk to their moms and they're like, ugh, like, whatever, mom that is the tone that she has with her mother. she's saying, they're gonna pin this on me, i don't know what effing happened, give me tony's number, i don't want to talk to you. tony's the boyfriend. so her mom passes the phone over to a family friend who asks her, hey, casey, why am i hearing that you're not crying? why am i hearing that you're not even upset about this? and casey snaps at her and she's like, because i can't spend every two seconds effing crying about everything, i have to keep my composure for these detectives, i can't cry like i want to. Come on, come on. They're not going to suspect you for crying over your missing daughter, like idiot. And then she, earlier when she said, when she said they're going to pin this on me, pin what? Pin what? What do you know that we don't know, huh? Really quick, you guys, I interrupt this program to introduce you to today's sponsor. It is Consuming Crime's very first sponsor, and that is Audible. Which is an Amazon owned company. They are the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self development. Every month, you get one free credit, and with our code, Consuming Crime, you can get one month free and one free audiobook. I actually use Audible myself. I don't really have time to sit down and read a book. I'm constantly moving around. And, you know, doing school, work, the podcast, things like that. Right now, I am currently reading a book written by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. I love a lot of his works, and the one I'm reading right now is called The Mastery of Self. I am obsessed with self-development, self-growth, and this book really teaches you about knowing who you are, knowing, you know, what you have to offer the world, and just knowing that, you know, no one's better than anyone ever, and I think it's really good to just be self-aware. With that being said, again, go on and head over to audibletrial.com slash consuming crime and get your free audiobook on us completely. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash consuming crime. Now, back to the story. So the police were monitoring this phone call and they kept hearing this name, Tony. Tony Lazaro. That's her boyfriend. So they go to his house. And right now we're getting uh, an interview from, who is this guy? Clint. Clint is a friend of Casey and the roommate of Tony. When the detectives go to Tony's house, this is the first that Tony and Clint are hearing that her daughter's missing. And if Casey has been spending the last couple weeks with him, wouldn't he have heard at least once the story that she's telling the cops? Tony and Casey started dating at the end of April in 2008. Three weeks later is when she started bringing Kaylee around. Kaylee was super, super sweet little girl. She was very smart. According to Clint, her and him hung out a lot. Like she knew one through 10 in Spanish and English. And she knew all of her shapes, all of her colors. Um, and the first time she saw them, she was like, what's up dudes? Which is cute to think of a little two year old saying that, especially when you see pictures of her, like, (sighs) like if you don't want your kid, it's called adoption. I'm (sighs) that's a later tangent. Those first few months, Kaylee was over about three times a week and then abruptly, she just stopped coming over. And then it was just Casey. And then whenever they would ask her, she would say, oh, Kaylee is with the nanny or she's with my parents, her parents. She never mentioned she was missing, like I said. And according to Clint, she acted fine. She was never like frantic or panicked. She was just like normal. Just at some point, she stopped bringing Kaylee. It was normal. The detectives discovered another 911 phone call. And in this one, this phone call was made after the first one, which is when she called saying, I need you guys to come arrest my daughter for stealing our car. This one came after that, but before police arrived on the scene. And all you hear is Cindy frantically saying, it smells like there has been a dead body in the damn car. And Cindy is a nurse. She's been to morgues. She knows what a dead body smells like. Just for the record. So, police immediately go to find the car. Right away, they smell decomposition. They get a cadaver dog who stops right at the trunk. So, they open up the trunk, and it looks like it's been vacuumed out. But, as soon as they, remember, as soon as they walk into that garage, it was a car in a garage. So, if there was a dead body, it would just be like, not the dead body, but the smell would have just been Like, marinating in that garage. This documentary also interviews Jeff Ashton, who's the prosecutor on this case. I don't like him. I don't like him because he sucks. He starts telling us about the smell, the fact that there was a stained area on the trunk liner, which they cut a piece out and sent it in for testing. There was also several human hairs, which they also sent in for testing. The police called the parents, and they get the story from the beginning. Casey had abandoned the parents' car... I'm not entirely sure where but it ended up in an impound somewhere and that impound lot had called the parents or the owners of the car so they went to pick it up and they both like could smell it they they knew what that smell was and then that's when they placed the 911 phone call so they called the parents in for questioning now cindy's kind of changing her story a little bit she said we picked up the car we took it back to our garage at home And I opened it and there was a trash bag in there and it was disgusting and I opened up to see what was inside of it, which just threw it out at that- that's gross. (laughs) And there was pizza and I opened the pizza and there was maggots on it. Again, if there's trash that smells, logically, why would you open it? So according to Cindy, it was just a gross trash bag with pizza and maggots that she threw out and there was nothing else in the car. But if you remember... I said Cindy was a nurse, and the detectives pointed that out too. He said, like, ma'am, I'm a detective, you're a nurse, you've been to morgues, we know what that smell is. If you want to say that smell is pizza and maggots, we are going to agree to disagree. So George, Casey's father, asked the detectives to be interviewed by himself, which I thought was very interesting. And He just says things like, The only thing really that he said that I thought was worth noting was, I don't want to believe I raised a person that could hurt another person. He was most likely going through a denial of some sort because George was a detective at some point. So he knows, obviously he knows right from wrong and you know, it is his daughter. So I'm sure there's some sort of like, what the hell? Like, who did I raise moment. But I am glad he pulled the detective to the side. So the parents start visiting Casey in jail. And it's like one of those where, like, there's a plastic or something in front of Like, a window. And then they're on the phone like that. And it's being video recorded. She's just, every time you see her, she is just a brat. She is just like, ugh, whatever. Close my room door mood. Every time you see her, she's saying oh, I look like hell, like, why are you, how about, why don't you ask your parents, have they found anything, where's my daughter, did they find Zanny the nanny, no, not once, and if, if she did ask, it's not in the documentary, Cindy tells Casey, someone said Kaylee was dead this morning, and Casey's response is, surprise, surprise, just like that, And I don't know if this was edited to look that way. Maybe she said surprise, surprise to something entirely different. You guys know how documentaries are, but if this is really what she said, this is really bad. So Cindy and George start saying things like, you know, you can tell us anything. You know, we'll always take care of you. You could tell us anything. Kind of hinting, like, we know you did something. Can you just tell us? Casey gets upset at her mom for being upset. Like, she... Does not like the fact that her mother is upset about Kaylee. And she's like, I've been here a month today. Do you understand how I feel? You don't understand how I feel. My life has been taken from me. And because this is recorded, I don't know who's going to see it. But there is some things I need to tell you guys. Cindy's like, what are you, like, what is your gut telling you? And Casey's like, my gut is telling me that she's fine and she's close. She's not far little scary, a little sus, I don't know about that. Since the police don't really have a lot to go off of, they keep looking for this nanny. They do find Zenaida Gonzalez, though. She doesn't live where Casey says she lives. She actually lives about 20 miles away from Orlando, Florida. They bring her in for questioning, and lo and behold, she's never met a Casey. She's never met a Kaylee. She does not babysit, and after interviewing her, they determine she's telling the truth, and Casey really did come up with this entire thing. While in jail, Casey talks to some inmates, and they tell her, they refer her to a man by the name of Jose Baez, which, you've heard that name before, guys. He is also the man that got Aaron Hernandez off on his double homicide charge. After this, George and Cindy launched a search campaign they make posters, t-shirts, they drive around a van with like, where's Kaylee, uh, pictures of her on it, and they call some guy that is like an orchestrator of search campaigns, and over 4,000 people showed up to help search for Kaylee Anthony. They searched for about four weeks, and they could not find her anywhere. Remember those videos I mentioned of Casey talking to her parents through the window? how it was being recorded those videos were released to the public and so was the 911 audio call of cindy saying what she said about the dead body in the car casey anthony is now officially the most hated woman in america rightfully so so casey makes bond and on august 21st she's released from jail and placed on house arrest people were pissed they were livid They start showing up to her house and picketing outside, calling her a baby killer, calling her father a coward, calling her mother um, a bad mom. To the point where the parents would come out and actually get into physical altercations with these people. To which, guys do process. I understand that you're upset, like, just as in general... But i think if this was going on and i was nearby i don't see myself driving to somebody's house and harassing them like that because i mean i guess (laughs) i was gonna say because i have faith in the justice system but i'm gonna eat my words at the end of this case so never mind cindy actually makes a comment and says that these people outside are no better than my daughter for lying to the police Okay, bitch, shut up. Stop defending your daughter. She's trash. The results came in for the car. At that point, police felt that they had enough evidence to prove there was a dead body in the back of the car. The documentary doesn't confirm, though, if it was, um, Kaylee or not. Because I know that they said there was, like, stains, but they're not saying just yet what it was. However, it is hard to prove without a body. Fast forward to a few months later... On December 11th, 2008, a utility worker was just working in a wooded area and then he went to go pee somewhere random and he found something that looked like a human skull. He calls a supervisor who calls the police and police show up and they find bones, the human skull, a black plastic bag, and it matched that of a small child. That was the end of episode one. There are a total of three episodes. Episode two will be out next week, guys. Thank you guys for listening. And, um, again, make sure you give us five stars wherever you're listening. And tell your friends about us. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for consuming crime. You'll hear me next week. Bye.